the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Tom Muller, and this is Colorado Issues, and kind of an encore uh, appearance or encore interview uh, with Bessie's Hope, Linda Holloway. Linda, so good to have you with us. So good to be back. Thank you, Tom. Uh, you are a co-founder of Bessie's Hope. Uh, um, bring us up to date, first of all, what Bessie's Hope is. Okay. Well, it, first of all, it's a legacy to my grandmother and my co-founder, and I wanted to do something to bring community awareness into nursing homes and not just awareness, but participation and embracing the people there. And we're the only organization still in the country doing what we do. And we've been doing this for 23 years now. And so we do all the training of all the volunteers, whether they're in preschool or high school or their families or adult groups or individuals. We do a training so that people are really equipped with communication skills to be able to have meaningful interaction with with residents in the nursing homes who and and also a lot of memory care places um, who even have the later stage of Alzheimer's. We want our volunteers to be able to communicate and have this wonderful, comfortable interaction so that it's meaningful for the elders and for the volunteers without like little kids going, no, I don't like it in here. They're too scary because we hear those kinds of things from people who wanted to take their kids to places that where the elders are because they thought it would be a wonderful thing. And they said, my goodness, the kids were scared to death. So anyway, we take care of all those things with our training and education. What's the little kids role here? You take little kids into the nursing yeah, homes? From preschool through high school. Mm. And all ages are just beautiful. Um, and, and with, and we do do the education and we always tailor it to their age. And, um, so that we want them to be filled with compassion when they go in. Uh-huh. We also want them to know that they're, that these people have a lot to offer us instead of just being thrown away and all like with it. They don't know anything anyway. They have nothing more to mm-hmm. provide, but they do. And so our volunteers in preschool or high school, they all go in knowing that these people are going to tell them great stories. And, uh, in fact, one of our required activities for our ongoing youth groups from second grade on are, are the living histories that they do with their grand partners. And, you know, that came to mind. Uh, my mother-in-law just died at 102. And prior to that, my father-in-law, who died, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, uh, I sat down with a tape recorder with my father-in-law and, and he recounted, and he was kind of a funny guy anyway. I mean, he was, he was just entertaining. But I sat down with a tape recorder and taped his stories and his, his reflections as a young man, uh, at the turn of the, you know, the 20th century. Um, uh, so I, I think it is fascinating what you can, do with an elderly person and talking to them and interacting with them. 
Yeah, they just need they just need somebody to take the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what we tell our volunteers that they are giving the elders the gift of their presence and time mm-hmm. because they do have those wonderful stories like you were talking about. But if somebody doesn't have the time to sit down and listen, then mm-hmm. they're just lost. Now, what gave you this idea? You said this was in in honor of your grandmother. Yes, because she was in a nursing home in Texas. Mm-hmm. And and that's where we saw that uh, people just weren't getting visitors. I was astounded because my grandmother and I were very, very close. And because of her Alzheimer's progression, that's why my mother had to make the dreadful decision that a lot of people have to make. And uh, by having somebody go into a nursing home or memory care, they've come a long way since since the early 90s. And uh, people are more equipped uh, in their consciousness as well as, you know, just um, awareness for how to communicate with people who do have Alzheimer's. Um, but we feel that that's one of our areas of expertise. So we spend a good deal of time in our training sessions talking about that and having people prepared so that um, when when anything happens, they don't think that that person is mean or that person is stupid or you know, we just want them to acknowledge that this person uh, is worthy, deserving of our respect and our patience. What What is the primary age group of the volunteers? The primary age group, that's kind of hard to say because oh. um, it just runs the gamut. We have a whole lot of middle school age students, a lot of um, first graders, um, well, all of it, uh-huh. elementary school, middle school, high school, and we also have... A huge number of of at risk teens, mm. and we have a, we work a lot with the kids who are in residential treatment centers, as well as people in community organizations that are that are um, organizations for at risk youth, huh. and it's really really beneficial to those kids because they actually feel valued for the first time in their lives. Uh-huh. Now, is it then exclusively kids that you're working with? No. No, I'm glad you asked, because if any of your listeners would like to make a significant difference in someone's life, 60% of nursing home elders across the country, 60% receive no personal visitors. And that's not to say, well, somebody's listening and they say, well, our church goes every week. Well, I'm talking about a personal visitor that's there to see you. And if you can imagine giving up your pretty much all your possessions virtually um, and and um, all of your who you were and what you did for all those years. And not only that, I mean, you've given up all of that and you've given up so much of your identity and then no one comes for you just for you. That is just so it's it's just desolate. So if you, any of your listeners are wanting to do something about that, we have a program called the Family and Elders Program where individuals and families, single moms, single dads, couples, whatever, can uh, unofficially adopt someone who has no other person. And it's the most rewarding position mm-hmm. to be in to know that you're making, you're filling a huge void. Because uh, I, I don't mean to ever belittle when groups go in. Uh, I think that's wonderful. 
And uh, when people go in to do their caroling, for instance, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. When people call us to ask us if they can go in around Christmas and do caroling or if they can go um, bring gifts to some place to so that gifts can be given to people who have no one, we say, well, we have a Bessie's Hope style here, and it's very hands-on. If you want to give gifts, then we do a group thing, and you get to see the, the joy that you're bringing by by giving this gift. Mm. Also, we do a Santa's wish list, and the people who aren't going to have any family visitors or any personal gifts, they get to write down things that they would like to have. And then we have the, the volunteers actually get to see how the, the difference that they make by giving somebody the the gown that they ask for, or one gentleman asked for a Stetson cowboy hat, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's that's what that's how we do it. And with the caroling, we say, well, okay, but instead of just going and being like a we they, here we are to carol to or for you. Let's involve them. Let's have them sing along. Let's stand for a while with people, and let them let them be engaged with us. So it's interactive. Mm-hmm. It's truly interactive. In terms of a volunteer, uh, the short term, uh, long term, what, what's the term of a volunteer to, uh, to be engaged with uh, the elderly? Well, for this family and elder program, we ask for people to commit to at least a year. But the thing is, they don't have to say they're going to go every week, every month, every anything. They don't have to pick a date and a time. So it's, it's a, it's a very loose volunteer commitment. And you can just drop in while you're driving by. And, um, sometimes people say, well, if I can only do it once a month, that just doesn't seem like enough. We always say, if somebody has no one, mm-hmm. isn't once a month better mm-hmm. than nothing? Sure. The drop-bys, uh, I think, would be very special, wouldn't they? I mean, it's it's like a family. Yes, that's what we want it to be, a mm-hmm. surrogate family situation. Yeah. Now, what's the scope of Bessie's Hope uh, regionally? I, you, you, As I remember, and ask me if I'm right, uh, uh, answer, answer me if I'm correct, um, that you're wanting to expand it out of the Denver area and other areas? Yeah, because right now we are in areas like around, um Boulder, um, Evergreen, um, Parker. We have this this area kind of covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Castle Rock. But we do. We we want to be not only all over Colorado, but it really needs to be national. And we're the only organization doing what we do with the training and the involving all people in the community within our pro for our programs. So we need to be national. Uh-huh. And all we need is for listeners who um, belong to national organizations or who have leads for national corporate um, entities who would like to say, you know, this sounds like something that we would need to that we could be really proud of because there's a need and we can sort of hitch our wagon to this mm-hmm. and say, look what we're bringing into these other areas. Would a service club be something that would be beneficial in helping to spread uh, Bessie's Hope in other parts? Definitely. Mm-hmm. That would be a great uh, ongoing uh, project from a Rotary or a Lions or any of these. Exactly. Kiwanis and these service clubs. And to kind of help that, you've won a, 
a pretty prestigious national award. Oh, yes. We're so proud of this. Um, Generations United is a national entity uh, uh, that is kind of like they're the experts, if you will, in intergenerational work. And they're based out of Washington, D.C. So, of course, they're involved in, uh, I'm sure people have heard of um, the different kind of movements for people to have support when they're raising uh, when they're raising their grandchildren or their nieces or nephews or something. And so th- they sort of are involved in, in all of those kinds of things. And so um, they give an award that is such, it's just such an honor, and it's called the Program of Distinction. So this year they awarded six all over the country, and we were, we were one of those six, and we were just thrilled. We were, we just feel so fortunate to have been selected for that because there were, they were looking at hundreds to, to give this honor to. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, we, um, I mean, I so appreciate you letting me come back on air to share that. Now, when they awarded, uh, that to you, what, uh, I'm assuming they gave some information as to what impressed them. Can you let us in on some of those things? Yeah, and it was, uh, I guess, those things that I was just talking about, uh, because there are a lot of intergenerational things going on for, like, um, elders going into schools for, you know, for reading programs and um, adopt a senior here and there, <clears throat> excuse me, foster grandparent kind of programs, but going into a nursing home on a regular basis to create relationships and to provide all the training that we do, that's that's what sets us apart. Mm. You mentioned something about Germany. Tell me what uh, what's going on in Germany. Well, we have a German affiliate, although um, we don't receive any funding from them, nor uh-huh. do we have to send them any funding. But a nursing home administrator uh, was here on a grant for six weeks, and he was going to just do a comparative analysis about nursing home care there and here. And um, so a, a mutual friend said, you should call into Holloway and go into a lot of nursing homes instead of just one. And so he did, and he fell in love with our work, especially with the younger kids. So when he went back, he wrote up his whole this whole thing on the intergenerational piece. And so over there, they just they treat him like he's the Messiah or something. He's received all these accolades and tons of funding federal funding we've never received any federal federal funding also at the state level and at the city level and they all want that program that intergenerational program because and and chancellor merkel has invited him three times now to visit with her and she has also sent him to the united nations and they see this intergenerational piece as something that truly strengthens the very fabric of their society and we see it. We see the respect and compassion in the kids, and that is so lacking in our culture. Those two things, respect and compassion, and that's what the kids get with Bessie's Hope. Mm-hmm. So the elders are being revered as they should be. They're given time and attention as they should be given, and the kids are receiving something that is going to go on and on throughout their lives, and our communities benefit from that. So in Germany, they see that. And over here, it's kind of like we people people say to us, "Oh, isn't that sweet?" 
Uh-huh. But I don't know about sponsorships mm. or, oh, I, I think that's just a wonderful thing. But, oh, I don't know about a grant. I'm talking with Linda Holloway, who is a co-founder of Bessie's Hope. You can find out more about Bessie's Hope and uh, how you can uh, interact with them and contact them on Bessie'sHope.org online. Bessie's, B-E-S-S-I-E-S, right? Bessie's Hope. Dot org. Who would have thought to have preschoolers coming in and with a program, with an opportunity to interact with, with an elderly person, let alone a grade school person or whatever? How, how do you arrange that? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have a nursing home or an assisted living community mm-hmm. who wants to work you know, with us, then we find the youth group that's closest to them. So that's why it could be a preschool. Mm-hmm. It could be a church. Um, we, we work with scouts um, and the residential treatment centers for the at-risk kids. So uh, basically, it really doesn't matter what the age group is. It still works. It's still magic. Mm-hmm. And the kids still benefit with that, the, with the respect and compassion. And it also helps with their communication skills. And so even even little kids benefit so much because they understand now with the with being bombarded with the electronic digital communication, the 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 eye contact and the one on one communication is is almost lost. Yes, that's true. And so with Bessie's Hope, they get this at an early age and they see how it feels to really have this personal interaction with someone and you look somebody in the eyes and you have that exchange and you and you feel somebody's emotions and and you're not living in this void of well who cares what they feel this is all about me which mm-hmm. is kind of what we've become you know mm-hmm. yeah very true you it would seem to me then the way this organizationally or logistically works you go to nursing homes and you give them your concept and you go to groups, um, give them your concept and train the volunteers. And so really you put the two groups and individuals and interactors together. Is that, uh, Pretty right. well, what it right. works out. And then too. we don't just turn them loose because we we also do the activity planning for ongoing groups, so that every single time they go, everybody knows what's going to happen, and they're very structured, and so that makes that creates a comfort too when you you know what to expect, and um, and then we do, for instance, for individuals and families, we do placements with them in a place that's conveniently located. But then we don't just say, okay, have a nice life, yeah. enjoy your new uh-huh. grand partner. Yeah. But we also keep in touch with, with them, and it's an ongoing support system. Mm. And with the youth groups, we are always involved because um, just just by the nature of things, things come up. Yeah. So there are cancellations, there are postponements, there are this and that. So we're very involved all along the way. It's very time-intensive. Do you have some stories, some examples on both ends uh, as to uh, a volunteer, particularly a younger volunteer? I'd be very curious 
uh, who may have been kind of, oh, I don't know that I want to do this, and and uh, ignited as a result, as well as the other end of it, the elder, and some some things that were just very special that you can give us story wise. Yeah, um, because we see it every day. It's 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 like seeing the face of God in action, actually. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the other day we were in uh, a lot of elder care communities because we were having a video done on us, a little documentary by the Lion Project. And so we were in so many of these places hearing these elders say how important it is for the kids to come in. And, and one lady said, um, well, it's just boring without the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you think about it, uh, if you're if you're around people your age all the time, and in your you're in your eighties, this lady was ninety who said that. Mm-hmm. So it's just boring <laughs> without the kids. Uh. And then also the Bessie's Hope kids. Th- what the people say is, you know, they're not afraid to touch us. Mm-hmm. So that's like step number one with us when we do the training is take your grandpartner's hand and look into their eyes. So that the touch is just immediate. One gentleman who is a quadriplegic said to me, you know, I'm one of the fortunate ones. And here he is in a wheelchair. He has to use his mouth to be able to even move the wheelchair. And he said, I'm one of the fortunate ones because I do have family who come to see me. But so many of these people have no one. So what you provide here is so important so, you know, that's kind of like hmm. coming from the inside, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that uh, not only volunteer-wise uh, uh, is a need that you would have, but I'm assuming you could probably use some financial support as well. Yes, we can. And since we're not uh, a well-known name, people give to things that they're really familiar with mm-hmm. and and whose names are just right there in the front of your brain. And so, like, for instance, the Colorado Gibbs Day, that's coming up December the 5th. And last year, I think they raised $38 million, and we participate in that, uh-huh. and we got $8,000. Hmm. Uh, so the, the thing is, when you go in and you, you contribute on Colorado Gibbs Day during that 24 hours, there's a percentage received from... Uh, first bank and the percentage is based on what you as a organization get from the overall take so to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so ours is very small percentage because um, we get so little so yes we need people to remember us on that day and um, and we also need monthly donors and we call those our bridge builders because that really sustains us, monthly donors, whether it's $5, $10. So you could actually start this on Colorado Gives Day and just give something to Bessie's Hope. Mm-hmm. And then in the notes, just put, I want to be a bridge builder. And we will we will see that. We, have, we get those things from the Community First Foundation. We get the report of who's donated to us. And then we will reach out to you when we see, I want to be a bridge builder and let you know how to become one. Well, that's great. And you can also do all that on your website as well. Yes, Bessie'sHope.org. Bessie'sHope.org. And then don't forget Colorado Gives Day. 
you go on and you can designate, can't you, Bessie's yes. Hope? Yes, definitely. You pick Bessie's Hope and you can pick, you know, a number of places. So mm-hmm. we just ask people to please let us be one of them. Hmm. Uh, you know, again, uh, especially now having experienced, uh, the really great interaction with, uh, I told you a 102 year old mother-in-law who was really quite vital up until about the last couple months of her life. Mm-hmm. And she was in our home, which was mm-hmm. a very, very nice, uh, thing that we could do. And she really, uh, we moved her, this sort of supports what you're talking about in terms of interaction. We moved her bed in the last few months of her life into the living room so she wouldn't just be stuck in the bedroom because she was mobile up until the, probably the last couple months. And then her mobility was pretty much over. And uh, and you could see just the, uh, the life uh the excitement of being able to be where the action is, so to speak. And I think it's probably the same dynamic that when you have volunteers, whether they be little kids or high schoolers or at-risk people who you're teaching the value of life and service to. Oh, yes, like with Mark McIntosh's organization, A Stronger Chord. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those adults are having a very hard time you know, in life. Mm-hmm. And so for them to reach out and know that they're making a difference in someone else's life, yeah. how empowering that is yeah. and, and how empowering to the, to the elders because they are getting the attention once, once oh, again. Yeah. So every, every volunteer, no matter what age, we hear it from everybody, how good it makes them feel. And, um, an eighth grade boy said, even, um, this, this has really helped me with my communication skills. Uh. Who would think an eighth grade boy would even think about that? But we we talk about those things, uh. and and then they realize it. Well, thank you for coming and talking to us about this again, and I appreciate uh, staying in contact with you. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving, and and happy holidays, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas also. to you. Linda Holloway, co-founder of Bessie's Hope. The uh, website, once again, is Bessie'sHope.org. You can also designate Bessie's Hope on Colorado Gives Day. I'm Tom Muller, and this has been Colorado Issues.